Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Bob Nessoff, speaking. Welcome to Travel Talk Radio. We have a very interesting guest on tap this evening, uh, Paul Gauger, who is the Executive Vice President uh, for the Americas of Visit, uh, Visit Britain. Good evening, Paul. How are you? I'm very well, Bob. Yeah, no, very, real pleasure to be here with you. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to have you. With the, uh, the smoke and the haze that's going on outside with our, our gift from our cousins in Canada, uh, the recent pandemic, how did that affect travel to Britain? Yeah, now the smoke's been pretty bad here in New York, but um, yeah, hopefully that, um, I do feel sorry for the Canadians, what they must be going through. But um, yeah, how did, how did, how did, with the pandemic, how did that affect travel to Britain? It was, um, it was tough, like hospitality and tourism were two of the sectors that were hit the hardest by the pandemic. And I think the, the whole global travel industry was virtually shut down overnight. So as a result, Britain, you know, was saw really low visitor numbers over the last three years. Although we're working hard to return, you know, return back to that. Because back in 2019, we had like a, a record year of um, just over 40 million um, visits globally from um, around the world. And then in um, 2022, um, we've climbed, we've got back to 31 million and we're predicting uh, 35 million in 2023. So we're we're getting there. Um, spend, people are spending more though. Spend is recovering faster than the visitor numbers. So people are coming back and they're spending more. So, um, you know, it's a lot more easier now because, you know, since the introduction of the COVID vaccines and, um, and lockdowns all finished and the quarantine requirements have been relaxed, you know, we've seen the return of air, air capacity. So um, we're back in business and, and people are going, um, going and people are choosing to go back to Britain, which is wonderful. I think it is. Um, you, you're talking about people spending more. How is the exchange rate uh, today? Well, today's exchange rate, I think it's about 125. So it's still pretty low. So, you know, it's, um, so, you know, it's really good value um, in that sense. So, yeah, I think and there's always lots of, you know, ways that you can um, save money as well. There's, you know, and when you when you're um, whether it's booking in advance, um, whether it's you know looking you know, looking at deals where there's always deals with the airlines and and um, you know the hotels and stuff, and there's always you know the galleries and museums are all free um, in Britain as well. So that's another you know, another bonus. But yeah, no, I think you know at the moment people are spending um, spending more. It's the past um, the past figures from the past, and um, this you know just we just got the figures for 2022, and we're um, we're up. Where a so million Americans came to came to Britain, and when we're talking about our Canadian cousins, um, nearly nine hundred thousand Canadians came as well. So really? spend levels of expended um, are up forty two percent. So I think everyone was saving. You know, during the pandemic, people didn't have. You know, they were saving their money, and you know, and, and everyone there's a huge pent up demand to travel. So I think that's the reason why people are also you know treating themselves now. They're spoiling themselves with a with the trip and being and just you know, spending more. Right, so basically, all is forgiven for 1776. Now we can go on from there. <laughs> how how has the so, coronation yeah. of uh, King Charles III uh, impacted your tourism? Um, that was fantastic. So you know, the, um, the coronation of His Royal Highness um, King Charles III um, was you know that this was a global global audience. So people from you know the world's media. Um, turns his attention to the historic coronation and some of our most iconic destinations like Buckingham Palace, Westminster Abbey and Windsor Castle were all seen around the world. So it's a fantastic opportunity to sort of to highlight these attractions, our culture, 
Um, it's a once, you know, it's a once in a lifetime experience that you can only have in Britain um, when you get to, you know, so people did go across for the coronation. There was, you know, there was a coronation um, concert. But, you know, but now people can go and, you know, you can go to Britain now and go to Buckingham Palace and have tours of that. You can go to have a tour of Westminster Abbey, go to Windsor Castle. So and we know there's pent-up demand for travel and we know that our renowned history, our heritage, our proven tourism draws and things like the magnificent pomp and pageantry of the coronation celebrations um, really showed that, you know, showed our, showed our hospitality, our creativity, and what a warm welcome, you know, warm welcome to the rest of the world to come and visit Britain. Let me ask you this. If somebody wants to plan a trip to Britain, is there a, a link on the computer that they can go to to find out what's available, how to get there, what to do? Yeah, no, definitely. You can, um, so if you're, um, for all a lot of information and for inspiration, you can um, go onto our website, which is um, on the web, web at www.visitbritain.com. Dot com, and that's where all our information about London, England, Scotland, Wales, all the regions and nations. So you can see, you know, get a lot of inspiration there. And um, I always think, you know, if people are planning to visit an itinerary, playing and wanting to get some ideas for their itineraries, um, 2023 is shaping up to be extremely busy. We're already hearing that um, international travel is going to be super busy over summer. So I think, you know, really people need to start planning soon, start planning for your next trip. Um, you know, in an ideal world, you'd be planning, say, six months in advance. We know a lot more people are, are booking later and, and doing those spur-of-the-moment trips as well. So the big thing, I think, is also, like, think about Britain all year round. You don't have to always think about Britain going in the summer. So we're always encouraging people to go in the, the spring and the fall and even in winter because, you know, there's different experiences you can have throughout the year. And your your weather is basically more moderate than it is here in the wintertime, I believe, isn't it? Yeah, much more moderate. And you've got, you know, whether it's you going around the holiday season and the Christmas lights are always spectacular in London. There's the Christmas markets. Um, but then, you know, you could be in a in a cosy pub in the Cotswolds or, you know, um, somewhere in, you know, all, all those lovely little cottages, you know, open fires. So, it's, you know, it's a different type of um, experience during winter. But again, you know, as I mentioned, all the museums and galleries, there's loads of indoor activities you can be doing. So yeah, it's always. I think it's um, it's a lovely time to go as well. I'm going to jump in with an experience I had. I had asked my friends over there to take me to a real English pub. That was high on my bucket list. He took me to something that would be the equivalent of Charlie Brown's or Applebee's in the United States. So on the way back, on the way back to his village, I said, "Stop the car." I took his his young son. Two of us got out, and the Golden Cross was the pub that his son Nick hung out in. We went in there. I had the most fantastic time with the, with the local people from the village. Uh, it was as though they all knew me for, the, for a lifetime, and that's how friendly I've always found the British people to be. Yeah, I think that's the, that's the thing. It's like the, the British people that are there, the English, the Welsh, the Scottish, you're always going to get a warm welcome. You know, the people are friendly, and particularly in the pubs. And there's so, you know, that's what, um, it's one of the many things that Britain's known for. And so there's so many pubs um, across the whole country. And, you know, there's pubs where you can, you know, have your, your, your classic sort of um, traditional British fare um, where it might be, you know, your bangers and mash and your fish and chips. But then there's also very, you know, there's the gourmet pubs. And um, then there's, you know, there's also pubs where, you know, pubs with rooms now as well where you can stay in a pub as well. So... I think it's an, you know it's one of those experiences you've got to you've got to do it you've got to you've got to go to a British pub and meet meet a local. 
Absolutely. Let me digress for a moment. Britain over the years has had a, a negative repu a reputation for food. But I, I found, and I, I, I would like you to you know, expand on it a little bit, I have found some fantastic meals and some terrific restaurants throughout England and, the, and Great Britain. No, absolutely. I think it depends when someone's, you know, I often hear that, you know, I think sometimes when there's a stereotype like that, it's hard to break those stereotypes. And I often wonder, I think, oh, well, I wonder when was the last time they were in London or the last time they were, you know, in, um, in Scotland or England or Wales. And it's because um, I think there's a there's a great variety of food now across across the UK, um, a variety in price ranges, cuisines. Um, there's so many Michelin star restaurants now, and um, there's the, you know, the the pubs that I was telling you about, like they they call them uh, gastronomic pubs, so gastro pubs. So I think you know there's a ho there's so much you can have in everything from food markets to street markets. So I think there's something for every budget as well. And so whether you're wanting to do the high-end experience or whether you're, you're just wanting to go to a food market and try out some of the stalls. So, um, yeah, I think people who think the food's not good, they need to definitely come back and experience it again now because I think they'll, they'll leave. It's one of, the, one of the things where people can now go there. They were, it was one of the surprises of their visit. And I think they, you know, they, they know that the food is good. So take it from me. Yeah. England has definitely got a bad rap when it comes to food. The only thing I think that the, the Brits learn to do or should learn to do is to make their beer cold. <laughs> Nothing like drinking warm beer. I think you can get cold beer as well. But, yes, no, there, is, yeah, there are still those people that want the warm beer. And, but, yeah, because I think we'll do it. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, you mentioned before, you know, about planning uh, in advance. How far in advance do you recommend that somebody visiting Britain, let's say from the States, which is where we're centered, how far in advance should they begin to plan the trip, the itinerary, uh, airfare, uh, what have you? I think it really depends on which part of the country you're from. Um, so on the East Coast, it's, you know, like we know people just can go over from the East Coast. Sometimes they'll go just for a long weekend. So people go and do a three or four day visit and you know whether they're going to London to have a city experience or going up to Manchester or Edinburgh so just varies um, I think if you want to if it's a longer trip and I think that's where you might want to then um, and really plan if you're going to several you know if you're you know touring around it might be good to have you know at least three to six months I would imagine um, or it depends if you're going through a tour operator so there's lots of great Tour packages that are already already pre-packaged and designed for you, so that's always a, that's you know for those people that don't want to have the worry of that. We're also going to a travel agent, getting the travel agent to take all that worry and stress out of the out of the planning. But yeah, I would say three to six months, depending on the length of the trip and where you're going, whether you've been before, you know, because it depends on how long and how long you can stay. Like it's, I always feel like with say for example in London, you can spend a whole week in London and you still haven't covered it all. So it's a you know, an amazing big city, but then getting out country, it's very easy to get around once you're outside of London as well, getting to see the countryside, the coast, um, you know, there's all the, the country villages, the coastal towns, there's just so much to see that, you know, that's what we find a lot of people just, you know, they, they might start off in London and then they'll come back and do a return visit and then we find people are coming back again and again because even though we're um, we're not a huge country. There's so much to do, and there's such a diverse range of experiences. Yeah, I think a day or two out of the Cotswolds and areas such as that are just an amazing thing uh, to, to see the, uh, uh, the what do they call the, the not the Merrill men? I, I forgot what they call them, but they're dancers that that 
go around the you know, it's just you know an amazing experience to get to get out of the city and see what's in the in the hinterlands. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's a, it's it's an easy way, whether it's catching a train, because um, I think a lot of people. I know Americans sometimes say that they'd like to say that we drive on the wrong side of the road, so <laughs> and we all always laugh and think, well, hang on, who who was driving first? I think the Brits have been driving before the Americans. <laughs> but you, you just chose to go on the other side of the road. <laughs> but um, if you're not comfortable catching it, you know, driving, you know, definitely catch a train. <laughs> we at least get on the horse the same way. <laughs> how, can, how can the visitor plan for accommodations? We went over one time. We made the mistake of going over, I believe, Wimbledon was in, in high, you know, high gear, and we couldn't get a good hotel. We ended up in a guest house, uh, I don't remember, remember exactly where it was, on the third floor with no elevator, no air conditioning, I had to go downstairs and take the fan away from the manager. Uh, had we planned in advance, we would have put the, the trip off a week or so. So... Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think definitely look at the calendar. See if like you know, if there's big events like that, that's when the prices will get big. You know, where because you know, especially over the summer, there's the British season. Whether it's Wimbledon, um, which is an amazing time to you know, if you can get to go to Wimbledon, um, highly recommended. And there's the Chelsea Flower Show and there's Ascot. There's all them those sort of very quintessential British events. But during those periods, that's where it's you know it's high season. So. I think, you know, for better prices and greater avail- availability, it's probably better to, you know, if you weren't going particularly for an event, then maybe visit outside of some of those, you know, some of the peak summer season. Um, but Britain offers lots of, a comp- you know, it's a, it's a wide variety, so you can get your budget hotels, um, but then also up to five, you know, five-star luxury hotels. If you're in the countryside, you can even go, you know, staying in country cottages, as I mentioned, or even going glamping and camping. So just oh, you do have glamping yeah. over there. Okay, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, a bit of glamping, yep. <laughs> Where would they go I'm, for that? If I'm, going to go, if I'm going to go camping, I'm going to go glamping. <laughs> so I'm more on that. My on wife that would have been with you. <laughs> <laughs> but we recommend, you know, like it's always, you know, explore beyond the popular sites as well. So try and discover something new. And if you were in London, try, and, try a new neighbourhood in London as well or head beyond the city. Um, but there's all the way, you know, there's all the various, you know, I, I think it was good to do a bit of online research. So, you know, check out the, um, you know, whether it's Expedia, you know, Expedia or Hotels.com or um, Booking.com. Look, look at all those search engines to, to shop around as well. And that will give you an idea of, you know, whether what the prices are in advance. So that helps. Okay. Are there discounts available for hotels or shows, restaurants, attractions, whatever, that they can obtain before travel? Mm-hmm, definitely. So visitors, visitors to London can save time and money by um, it's called it's called an Oyster card. So it's a visitor Oyster card, um, and you can get that from Visit Britain. From, actually, from Visit Britain, we've got a Visit Britain shop. So before heading to Britain, get the Oyster card. The Oyster card is actually um, it's like a contactless card, which is valid on the tube, the buses, um, the London Overground trains, the national rail, and some of the national rail services. So it's you can top up your card as you go. Um, and, it's, and it just gives you more um, more value for your money when you're traveling on the tube and all those public public transport options. There's also a thing called the London Pass. So that's an easy and sort of convenient sort of digital sightseeing pass that lets you get to explore over 85 of London's most popular attractions. And that gives it at a very good, great value price as well. Um, and then you can also, you know, you can customize that. So whether it's like your 
going for one, you know, going wanting to do it for one day or up to ten days. So it just varies on the uh, on the price, but it gives you a lot of value because you can see lots of attractions. Um, of course, you can go on things, you know, and that and that pass also includes the hop on hop off bus tours, Tower of London, the view from the Shard, the Abbey. And I think the bus tours, the hop on hop on hop off bus tours, are always good because it gives you a chance to, you know, I always think that's a, another great way of getting around London, or even just hopping on one of the iconic red buses as well. Like just sit on the top of the red the, the the red buses and sit on the top deck there, and you could sit there and have a whole tour of London very affordably. And we do that whenever we go to a, a new place. We did that in London several times. Is one day we we set aside to take a bus tour and mark down the places we want to go back and see in depth. Paul, I'm going to have to hold you for a moment. Uh, we're going to pay some bills over here with a couple of commercials, and we will be right back to Travel Talk Radio with our guest this evening, Paul Gauger. What do we got? Captain, there's no sign of them anywhere. Dogs aren't picking up anything. I'll flush them out. Red Robin! Yum! Answer the call at Red Robin with an Oktoberfest burger. Fire grilled and topped with black forest ham, melted Swiss, and beer mustard onions on a pretzel bun. Served with bottomless steak fries. Red Robin! Yum! Hey, big dog. Listen, son, your 20s, gosh, they could be such a magical time. Wait, why? Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, Kevin. Keisha, you made my car insurance super easy to understand. What are they talking about? They're kicking you out. What? Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. With a walk-in closet. But I just graduated. A dojo. Son. Gross. I'll help you pack. Agents make insurance easier. Get to a better state. State Farm. Black is back, and only at Quiznos. It's the Black Angus on Rosemary Parmesan. Quality, thick-sliced Black Angus steak topped with melted mozzarella and cheddar. Try it. You're gonna like it. Quiznos. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Toasty. How do you make a tasty sub? There's the Quiznos way, and there's wrong way. Hello. Quiznos uses meat sliced fresh daily. Wrong Way uses shingle pack meats in a bag. Quiznos uses bread made especially for toasting. At Wrong Way. And now, fresh out of the Quiznos oven, is our new peppercorn parmesan turkey with bacon sub. Only $3.49 for a... What the? For a limited time only at Quiznos. Welcome back to Travel Talk Radio. I'm your host, Bob Nessoff, and our special guest... This evening is Paul Gauger, who is a, not only an expert on, on uh, Great Britain, but he's vice president of the Americas for, Great, for Visit Britain. Uh, Paul, welcome back. Thank you very much. Good to be back. Paul, uh, we were talking about discounts uh, on restaurants and shows and what have you. Um, I understand Brit Rail usually has some, some pretty good offers. Yeah, if people aren't familiar with Britwell, that's um, a really great um, way of getting around and connecting um, on, with rail travel, so doing train travel. So, you know, Britain's a compact, compact country, and, and it's, um, it's, you know, the Britwell Pass is making it easier for visitors to reach destinations right across the country without needing a car. So I would say the Britwell Pass um, offers sort of unlimited travel across 20 different train operators connecting England, Scotland, and Wales. 
you can get various passes. It can be, you know, there's there's um, flexible passes, or we can just do one ones for two days, or one that lasts for a whole month. So, um, again, the British the Brit Rail pass is exclusively offered um, to international visitors, and, and it actually can't be purchased in Britain. So you have to remember to book your trip online. So there's a tip for you: book book that trip before you go to Britain. So get your Brit Rail pass. And um, that opens up usually about six months in advance. So yeah, I would definitely do that if you're going to then wanting to go exploring. You know, you can get a you can get a train up to Oxford, Cambridge, Manchester, Liverpool, into Cardiff. You know, and it's all and the, and train travel is improving all the time. So I think the the speed of train travel. Um, so yeah, I definitely think that's a that's a, a must for any visitor. Um, and it's and it's very easy to navigate. Is there a link that they can go to to uh, contact BritRail? Yep. Again, if you look at uh, look on our website, and um, you can you can see the BritRail passes on there. And um, also just googling um, you know um, BritRail as well. All right. Staying in London, one of my favorite things is uh, every time I've been I've been in London, we've taken in a show at the West End. They are every bit as good as the shows on Broadway over here. And coincidentally, we saw we live in Jersey. We saw Jersey Boys on the West End, and we saw Avenue Q, which is a New York-themed show. <laughs> um, but there are discount tickets that are available in some stores and other places. Where can a visitor get a listing of shows that are available and purchase t- uh, excuse me, tickets? Yeah, it's just, I always think um, there's a love affair between Broadway and the West End because we'll often – um, there'll be you know, Broadway shows transferring to the West End, and then wonderful West End shows coming over here to Broadway. So it's um, it's um, brilliant that um, we've got that great theatre offering in New York and London. But um, broad, um, but Broadway you can definitely see things on a budget. So West End tickets in London are, um, I would say, typically more budget friendly. I, I would imagine, I think you can you can capture some of those big shows um, in London at a at, a, at an affordable price. Um, and you know some of these really iconic shows, like things that you were men- mentioning, without breaking the bank. Um, discounts are and um, offers are always available, so keep an, an eye out for them. But there's a ticket booth at TK, pronounced TKTS, a tickets booth in in Leicester Square, which is um, near the West End there, right in the West End, and um, they offer same day discounted tickets, probably similar to what we do here in New York. Um, and you know, that's for a wide range of shows. Also, there's um, websites like Today's Ticks as well, which often provide discounted tickets, lottery options. Um, then a lot of there's you know a lot of the matinee performances. So sometimes you can actually get um, less expensive tickets for a matinee. So that's a tip. And I'd also say midweek performances. So considering it, consider attending a midweek performance, as they tend to have more availability and lower prices as well. Um, so you know, compared to the weekend, so maybe you know, look out for a deal on a Tuesday or a winter or a Thursday. Um, you know, there's and also then sometimes you'll see rush rush tickets and day seats as well. But also exploring beyond the West End. So the while West End is you know undoubtedly the epicenter of London theatre scene, there's often smaller um, West End theatres as well that you can go and experience. And also outside of London, don't forget, you know, we've got the home of Shakespeare as well. So um, Stratford-upon-Avon, so you can actually go and see a Shakespearean sh- um, play performed where he, you know, where Shakespeare's from. And so um, that's another unique experience. Or um, you can do some, you know, obviously do some Shakespeare in in um, London as well. There's outside theatre. There's all sorts of experiences. But lots of new shows are coming up. Um, 
um, Mrs. Doubtfire, which I think was over here as well. One that I saw when I was recently over there was Cabaret. So Cabaret at the Kit Kat Club was um, an amazing, immersive, immersive experience. Um, we've got, for those who like the Great British Baking Show, apparently it's going to be Bake Off. Bake Off the Musical is coming out. Um, and, of course, you know, Abba Voyage. I don't know if some people um, is another interesting. So that's a purpose-built uh, venue in um, the east end, east end of London where they've got um, ABBA performing. And you might think, well, how can they have ABBA performing? Because, um, you know, they broke up many years ago. But this is where technology and they've got these um, avatars. And it's like very, it's an amazing experience. So, you know, it's not only just the theatre. There's music as well, concerts. There's, you know, the, the cultural offering is huge. All right. We're running down on time. There are two questions that I would like to get to. Is Using London as a base, what should a first-timer to Britain consider as far as in London day trips, overnighters, or what have you? Something that they can pack in on a short period of time for a first-time visit. Yeah, for a first-time visitor, um, definitely um, check out, I would say, you can easily get um, go to Bath. The Bath is a beautiful, and that's where the Roman Baths are, beautiful. And then within 20 minutes, you can be in Bristol. Bath and Bristol are, are great options. Um, Oxford or Cambridge, if you're going to those, sort of, those um, classic, classic cities. And um, maybe heading down to Brighton. Brighton's very easy. It's just one hour on the train. Or Windsor, of course. We've talked about Windsor and the Royal Heritage there. So, you know, that, that's very easy for those day trips, day trips and first-time visitors. Okay. Um, let's see. Now, this is something that I, I found very, very interesting, and I think very, very few people, including Brits, know about this. How can one obtain tickets to the Tower of London and especially the, cow, the ceremony of the keys, the 800-year-old ceremony? Sure. So um, to get Tower of London, you need to book, you can book the tickets online through the Visit Britain shop, and um, costs for that is roughly about $40, $42. Um, for a ticket to go. Um, but tickets are also available for walkings as well. Um, but what the ceremony of the keys, which is, you know, the nightly ceremony formed part of the traditional locking up the Tower of London, starts at 9.30 every night. Now, tickets are super affordable. They're only £5, but that must be booked in advance. So um, new tickets are made available on the first working day of every month, but they sell out so quickly. So then again, if you're interested, make sure you... Um, then you, know, you definitely book them in advance. And um, we've already heard that May and June were uh, May and June are sold out already. So tickets for oh. July will be um, will be have probably have already been released. So try and get a, get on the first of the month to get those um, those tickets for the ceremony of the keys. How do they How do they get those tickets? With ceremony of the keys, just go, going on to the Tower of London, the website. So um, and having a look on there, and that's where you'll be able to um, book those. Okay, one word of caution. Uh, the uh, the beef eaters over there have a very dim view of people taking pictures. So put your cameras down and don't aggravate them. <laughs> oh, I think they're easing up a little bit. They, you shouldn't. I think it's a bit like those the cold stream guards. You're not supposed to distract them, and um, yeah, because they're there to, to they're there to guard. Okay, we've got about about two minutes to go. Um, how easy is it to get around London via bus or the underground? Yeah, definitely, but definitely easy. I think it's um, it's all colour coded on the underground. As I mentioned, getting that visitor oyster card from um, the Visit Britain shop before you go, um, and also you know then also all the buses that are going around London. 
Um, the tube line, the, 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 the tube underground sort of stops running around midnight. So always just so be aware of that. Um, but there are always the late nights and, you know, there's the iconic taxis, the black, you know, the black cabs. Um, and if you're getting home quite late, if you're, you know, some of the younger people are out there, there's night buses as well. So the night buses help people get home safe. So, um, yeah, definitely think our public transport is very um, easy, easy and, um, yeah, it's very good to navigate. I love the underground. Okay. We've got about a minute and a half to go, so I, I think uh, we can wrap up. Okay. Um, how many how many days do you recommend the station be scheduled, uh, let's say, in London if somebody's coming in? Yep, I would say in an ideal world, I think, because like I mentioned before, like London's one of those cities, there's so much to see and do. So on average, we know the U.S. visitor spends between six to seven nights in the U.K., and I think you could easily spend just six or seven nights just in London. So, um, But if you've only got a shorter time, um, I would say minimum, say, three days, three nights, three days for London, and then going further right. afield. Well, running short, would you give us, say, your link again for people to contact for information? Yep, definitely. So visit us on um, visit, um, www.visitbritain.com. Okay. Uh, we are just about out of time. I want to thank our guest this evening, Paul Gauger of uh, Visit Britain. He's the uh, main honcho for it in the United States over here. Uh, thank you for coming on, Paul. And uh, we didn't get to half the things that we wanted to, so I am going to ask you, uh, or I'll contact you if you'd like to come back in a while, and we'll go into the rest of it. That would be great. I'd love to. We can go okay. There's so much to do and see. This is Bob Nassoff, your host at Travel Talk Radio. Thank you. Thanking you for tuning in. Uh, tune in again next week uh, at 7 o'clock on Wednesday. We will have another sparkling guest. Paul, thank you very much. You have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye now.